Now for a show by a brother and sister who are polar opposites, but who both found a calling running solo businesses. This is the Unfederated Podcast. Hey, Sarah. Hey, bro. What's happening? I'm just dealing with the garbage weather that we have. (laughs) Um, It's... Yeah, this could be really this could be recorded and played anytime because it would be equally true all year round. It was eighty degrees yesterday here and now it's snowing. Oh, <laughs> uh, that stinks. Uh some one of my clients um participates in the furniture market in North Carolina. And uh so one of my, my contacts there, um uh, a buddy of mine put up a picture uh that it was snowing there last weekend while they're there. I mean, it was 75 degrees here. We're, we're, you know, not that far apart, maybe six hours. And it was like flurrying there. It's like, Oh, so glad I didn't have to go. Yeah. No joke. I'm, I'm not into it. Um, right now. Cause it's, it's so beyond past time for it to be warm, but no worries because I have a warm vacation coming up. So that's right. Yeah. Going sailing in the Bahamas. Yeah, that sounds fancy. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> It'll be really fun. So, um, with uh, actually a client of mine, um, a friend and a client is going as well. So, I think that makes the whole thing a write off. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't looked into it, but I'm pretty sure. So, I did look into it not long ago. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> not the case. Yeah, I was really disappointing when I found it. Yeah, like most of the tax stuff is that way. Like people have thought of it. (laughs) I tell clients that all the time. They're like, how about this idea? And I'm like, if you could, I mean, people would have thought of that. They would do it all the time, right? Like, (laughs) Yeah, it's been tested. Um, Uh, Yeah. The biggest thing, you know, whatever, not uh, not an accountant, but uh, the biggest thing I learned was that for like a trip to be written off, the, like the majority of the trip had to be spent doing the business. So you you can have like the quintessential one day work and then like the, you know, get the write off everything else. Um, and there's some other like pretty obvious and, um, you know, hard to interpret any other way kind of statements in there. That was kind of a bummer. Yeah, well. I wasn't holding out too much hope for riding off our sailing trip, so I'm not I'm not decimated. Um, <laughs> it's a real first world problem situation. Um, hashtag blessed. Uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, I I thought this week, you know, I was excited because um, you remember Aaron Martin. He's been a listener since really like the first. I mean, when do you think we first started hearing from Aaron? Oh gosh. Like um, maybe around episode twenty, if I had to guess. I mean, it's been a it's been a minute. Yeah. So he was writing writing in and kind of keeping us updated, and the feedback we were getting was, um, you know, it was good to know what was he wanted to hear, what he didn't, and so. Um, anyways, I touched base with him, or he he wrote back in um, a couple of weeks ago, and I thought he's had such a different experience than you and I. We should talk to him about how it's gone for him because he's i mean whether he recognizes it um he's definitely in the in the thick of it so um he's you know probably five or six months into 
running his own thing and his circumstances starting out were a lot different than ours. Um, so um, we had him on and he's our guest today. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was glad you got to sit down and talk with him and, and just like for a little bit of context, you guys cross paths professionally um, once upon a time. And so we, we kind of knew of, of him beyond just him being a listener to the show. Um, but we got to communicate a lot um, leading into his season that I think, and, and I'll, you know, obviously he'll describe this as, um, as you guys chat, but, uh, probably mimics a lot more of our freelance audience than we, uh, probably pay tribute to, I would guess. So, um, so I was really glad that you guys got to chat and got to kind of approach everything from a little bit different angle. Hi, Aaron. Hey, Sarah. How are you? Good. Thanks for joining us today. We're really excited to have you on. Yeah, me too. So tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. I was describing you as an accidental entrepreneur, but you're also a lawyer. We're kind of colleagues who have crossed professional paths in the past. That's right. So we both started at uh, a regional firm, uh, overlapped there for a while. I... Uh, that was the first firm I had been at, and then I went in-house for a little bit with a large nonprofit here in Phoenix, and then uh, went to uh, the other big local firm in town and spent two and a half years there. Okay. And really, um, yeah, became the accidental entrepreneur because I... Um, told my practice group chair that I was maybe thinking about going back in-house. And, um, of course, you know, if, if you don't express interest in being at a firm long-term, they don't express interest in you being there long-term either. So accurate. Yeah. That's, um, and I first heard from you a couple, well, pretty shortly after we started the podcast and you kind of said, I think I might be in the spot where I'm going to become an accidental entrepreneur. <laughs> so this is timely and we've kept a little bit of contact over the course of the last, um, several, several months. And, uh, it's been really interesting to hear, uh, how, how your experience has differed from mine and Rob's. Can you give a little background? I mean, about, how how you found yourself in the entrepreneurial situation and how it's maybe different than me and my brother. Yeah. So I uh, told my practice group chair last summer that I was thinking about an in-house position. And I told him because it was a client of his who advertised the position. Ooh. So I thought, I thought he would be helpful in that process. Right. Usually that's the um, goal is like an anchor, uh, <laughs> anchor right. associate over there and secure the work. Yeah. Um, it just so happened this position had already been filled. Oh. And he knew that. He knew all about the position. Um, and we actually had a good discussion at the time and sort of planning out my future career. And uh, But at that point, he said, you know, if you don't want to be here – Let's take, uh, you know, three months or so to get you where you want to be. Um, but at that point, you should probably move on from the firm. Okay. And, uh, yeah, so that that put a little bit of a timetable on it. And I, I didn't want to just jump to another job that I wouldn't like. So I was still trying to be fairly judicious about 
where I was applying and ended up not finding anything I was really interested in before the end of that three months. So the, the default was to go and start my own practice, um, which we're fortunate that as attorneys, we're able to do that yes. uh, and just hang out our own shingle. You know, if I was, I keep thinking if I was a teacher or a nurse or something, you wouldn't right. be able to just right. start your own business. So it is nice. uh, but doing it sometimes feels a little liberating because it's like you're living the the worst case scenario. Because <laughs> when you're a lawyer in the back of your head, you're like, well, I guess, you know, if it all goes badly, you know, I just go out on my own. Um, and once you're doing it, it's kind of nice to to take the mystique out of that. It's not so scary sometimes. Exactly. And um, yeah, I mean, that was that was six months ago now. And, um, it was something I never really thought of doing or intended to do. Never had any aspirations to go out and start my own law firm. But, um, you know, it's been, it's been a mixed experience, I think. Um, in many ways, it's been really good and liberating in the sense of, having control over your schedule, having control over the the types of practice and types of cases you take. Um, but at the same time, there's a lot more anxiety that you're not getting your normal paycheck every two weeks. And uh, income from month to month is sort of uncertain most of the time. But, you know, I've... Uh, I've been fortunate to be pretty successful in those six months and also been lucky. I think, you know, both of us having come out of large firms just have developed a lot of contacts in the legal community. Right. And that's been really helpful. That's that's something, um, I don't know if I was, well, I was surprised that, uh, starting my own business, people came out of the woodwork to help me. Yeah. Um, and you know, people very generous with referrals. Uh, I have a client who works at GoDaddy. That's been helpful. That's awesome. Um, you know, just stuff like that where people really want to see you succeed as a small business owner. And, uh, so that's been, that's been nice just to see people's generosity there. And, um, and I think that's helped sort of uh, keep keep us afloat and uh, and moving forward. Yeah. So so who is S? Tell us about your your home situation. I mean, Rob and I are lucky because well, um, Rob's wife is uh, also a freelancer, um, but my husband has a steady job, so um, we're in a little yeah. bit of a different spot. Yeah. So I'm I'm married. We have three kids with another. Arriving in July. Congratulations. Uh, thank you. Um, and my wife stays home and homeschools our kids. So I am the sole source of income. And that um, added a lot of pressure. Um, sure. Not only early on, but every day. <laughs> and um, and also, I'm sure the house, if you're, you're working from home, right? So that's got to be... I am... I am working from home, so it, it can get kind of crowded and loud during the day. Okay. Um, and I know just 
for your listeners, the whole episode that you had on health insurance, yeah, you know, is really helpful because that's that's an issue we have uh, been dealing with. And after I left the firm, we went on Cobra, yeah, uh, because it was right about the time we found out my wife was pregnant, Ugh. and so we thought, oh, we'll just delay, you know, as long as possible, right? Uh, because I was still looking for for in house positions, and uh, we ended up going on Cobra right away, and it's expensive. Yes, uh, really expensive, much more than I thought. And so, uh, like, how to, many factors more than what you were? You it's were paying? three times as much. Wow, as what came out of my paycheck. Wow, at the firm. So, um, you know, and I've talked to other solo attorneys uh, about different options and. And most have said, oh, that's just the cost of doing business. Like, you know, you're going to have, you know, high health care yeah. costs if you're the the only one uh, who's working. And they just sort of build it into their business model. But I think once the baby's born, we'll probably look at, you know, some different options, whether it's an individual plan or a health sharing thing, um, just to, to bring that down. Yeah. Because it's... You know, it's it's probably sustainable, but it's not ideal. And then, of course, Cobra runs out, you know, in another year. So, yeah. um, so that's a much different spot than a lot of people, but it's also a very similar spot to what a lot of people uh, encounter. Kind of this um, th- this issue of you're being you know, phased out or you're, you're, there's a ticking clock on your current position and you're, you're split between trying to get a different position. So you're not really focusing on, um, hanging out a shingle or setting up your business. You're kind of doing both. Uh, do you think you've been able to focus on building this business? And if so, and you know, enough or have you? Yeah. I mean, it, um, probably for a good five months, I was really straddling that line um, of, you know, my heart was really wanting to go back in-house. And um, and so I wasn't doing everything I could to, to make the business a success. Right. And I just recently, so like I've been, I've been doing this six months. I haven't launched a website yet. You know, that's now, that, that's now in process. All right. Um, big step. So, you know, but it's things like that, that you would think you would do on day one right. if, if you're really fully invested. It is tricky. Um, if that's not your ultimate goal though, I mean, is that the best use of your, your time and energy? Um, I can, I can see the issue is, is at this point, would you say that um continuing to, to work solo is your ultimate goal or is there a different goal at the end of this rainbow? I think it is for a while at least. Um, like, you know, the way these things work, it, you know, I'm six months out of a job uh, or out of a firm doing my own thing and employers are sort of skittish and don't necessarily want to hire you at this point because it looks like you're your job hopping and, um, you know, I think at least doing this for a couple years would probably, uh, 
set me up better if I wanted to apply somewhere else. And then also, you know, when I went in-house the last time, I went in-house as the first general counsel for a client. Okay. And uh, that sort of thing could could very well happen again if you, uh, you know, if you do it right. So uh, I think... I think for the for the moment, I'm uh, fully invested. Uh, it doesn't mean a couple of years from now we might revisit that. That's um, well, you got the website, so you're you're committed. Yeah, we're good Those to go. Things are permanent. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Uh, so, what has been um, the most surprising good thing about this being on your own? Well, I think it's it's just the freedom you have. Really, um, I, you know, still do billable hours, but it's on my terms. And uh, like, you know, the economics of law firm life, it's just shocking when you get on your own (laughs) and see uh, money directly coming to you based on work that you've done. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's so so complex. (laughs) Right. I mean that's what I tell people. Oh, it's just math. Yeah. And if you, uh, you know, and I obviously significantly reduced my hourly rate from what it was at the firm. But when I first calculated it out, I think I had to work something like 40 hours a month <laughs> to, to gross what I had made at the firm. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's things like that where, if you map it out uh, in terms of goal income for the year and the little tracker I have says you need to work four hours a day, um, <laughs> that's <laughs> yeah. that's not insurmountable. And it gives you a lot of time, um, you know, especially with young kids and things who want to go do things with dad and they're sort of getting used to having me at home now. So, um you just have a lot of freedom to, to do stuff that you wouldn't otherwise get to do. How much of your, your practice involves going and meeting with clients and stuff like that? Um, not a lot, actually. I, uh, I, I've been doing that more recently. Just uh, a, a few clients wanted to meet, but a lot of them um, are, are perfectly content um, just dealing with me via phone or email. Uh, yeah, especially working at home. I don't have a, you know, I don't have people come over to my house. Um, (laughs) I'm lucky because I live about a half mile from our state bar office in Arizona and we can, uh, we can reserve conference rooms for free there. Okay. Um, so I've used that for client meetings and it's a, it's a great solution. Um, and I could do it for depositions and other things when I need office space. So that's a really uh, good solution. And it comes across, I think really professional, um, a little bit more professional than like a Regis office suite situation. Right. right? So that's really wonderful. And, and you mentioned depositions. So you do a different type of law idea. Will you explain kind of generally what you practice? Yeah, so I do litigation. Uh, I do some transactional work like you and mainly work in education and healthcare, and then some administrative law. 
uh, and then the business litigation is mostly contract stuff, you know, two businesses fighting against each other or two partners in a business who are uh, having a, a disagreement and <laughs> one one wants to get out or one stole the business from the other or whatever the case may be. Okay. So, um, yeah, it's a nice it's a nice variety of things, but I do need to be careful with, you know, the work I take because the cases can't be anything that's too document intensive. Right. Um, I don't have a paralegal to put nice binders together like I had at the firm and all these things you sort of take for granted for nine years. Um, suddenly I'm scanning all my own stuff and, <laughs> you know, it's a lot of administrative time that you don't realize goes into the whole practice of law, but, um, but it's, yeah, I mean, it's been good and, and I have been able to find, you know, the right types of cases that uh, fit this model. What do you do? I mean, when you get referrals and they're for uh, a case that doesn't suit your setup, um, do you refer it on to somebody else or how do you handle that? Yeah, so I've been fortunate to to stay friends with all my uh, former colleagues at, at big firms. And that, that usually um, is where I send them. Okay. And, you know, it's nice because... They also have clients who, you know, the matter or the amount in dispute might not be all that much. Um, it may be $100,000 or $150,000, which right. sounds like a lot to me, but, um, <laughs> you know, probably doesn't justify hiring the biggest firm in town to to fight for you. And so uh, when when the bigger firms get those cases, they'll sometimes... Uh, refer them to me, and there's a whole whole sort of segment of the market that way that um, is sort of perfect for former former attorneys from from big law firms who are used to that kind of litigation, but you know whose clients want a lower rate or the amount just doesn't justify paying somebody you know five hundred dollars an hour or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I found that too. It's not like you're competing with the law, the big law firms, although sometimes I feel like they, they think that, but I don't think that <laughs> I'm, I'm like, Mm-mm. we're looking for different things. I mean, there's very little overlap in, in our ideal clients, um, because my clients are way too demanding to build to yeah. <laughs> you know, the big law firm. They want things turned around so quick and, um, right. responsiveness and things they would yeah. never, ever get somewhere else where you're, well, and, and I'm co-counsel with my last firm on okay. a case that has, you know, a lot of documents in it. Um, and so it's nice because I sort of have yeah. uh, use of their IT department um, because they're the ones that, that handle all the searches and the, huh. um, all the logistics of it. And I just get to benefit from it. So that's the best of both worlds. That's been nice. Yeah. Um, how, what's the worst thing, the thing that you've disliked? Um, for me, I, you know, it's been really hard for me to get, get on top of collections. Yeah. Well, so I've been lucky in six months, I've had a hundred percent collection rate and everybody's up to date at the end of the first quarter. Um, I think for me, it's just, 
it's just the uncertainty of it. Um, because for so long I had, I had not gone all in with this idea. And so even my second or third month on my own, when people would say, you know, what are you doing with your practice? I'd be like, Oh, I'm sort of doing a bunch of stuff and, and looking for in-house jobs and, you know, not, not really selling myself well. Yeah. And I'm trying to play a bit of catch up with that now. Okay. Um, so I think if I can get, uh, a more steady stream of referrals and things coming in so that, I mean, you and Rob had talked about, you know, getting a certain amount in your bank account so that you can have regular payments to yourself. And right. I think once, once I get there, uh, that'll be better because I've been using, um, a lot of the income for the business, uh, to pay myself and haven't done some of those things like setting aside enough for taxes mm-hmm. uh, and all those sorts of things that'll uh, become more important toward the end of the year. So, yeah, well, you're in a uh, position too where you have less flexibility than me and Rob had as far as lowering our ex- home expenses. Um, right. So. Uh, I had a colleague join me recently, uh, Tom, and he was like, oh, gosh, uh, this is very stressful for me. But, you know, at least it's just me. <laughs> like, I can sleep in my car if I need to. And yeah. there's you know, a huge amount of, you know, as you go further into your personal life, it gets more complicated and that becomes more stressful and less flexible. Yeah, I mean, that was a big concern for me when I started this. Um we immediately looked at our budget and said, you know, what can we cut out? Where can we sort of get to the the bare minimum that we need? And part of my concern was that I didn't want it to uh, be obvious or apparent to the kids that something had changed. And so our kids are 11, 8, 5, and due in July. And, um, our older two, our girls, um, do ballet and that can get kind of expensive. And so our first thought was, well, ballet is, we're not doing that this year. Right. And again, going back to how people help each other, I, we went and talked to the the director, uh, of their ballet studio. And she said, well, wait, you're an attorney, right? Oh. So, yeah, she's like, uh, you know, it's a nonprofit ballet studio. And they said, well, actually, we, we've we been needing to do these contracts for years, and we've just never gotten them done. And we have this <laughs> this other thing with our rehearsal space, and we have this other thing for our performances. And can you just handle all that for me? And then we'll, you know, basically comp your girl's tuition for the year. And it's like, Yes, we can. That is um, so heartwarming. <laughs> yeah. And it's a genuinely good deal on both sides. Right, exactly. And, you know, I think for the time I've put in, it's probably been about even. Okay. Um, so, you know, I think it was a fair trade and, uh, you know, it allowed me to keep the girls in ballet so they don't know anything's different. And that, so that kind of thing was really important to me. Um, just, that their day to day doesn't change. Um, 
and it's yeah, it's been great because it's times like that where people have really stepped up, and she's a small business owner too, and understands it, and and uh, it's been fun to to help them a little bit too. Yeah, you feel kind of more ownership in the the businesses you're around if you're also a small business owner. Right. Yeah. Um, what would you, if you could go back in time six months, is there something you would do differently? I would not tell my practice group chair that I wanted to leave. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, you've probably heard this too. We had, uh, he would, he would always tell us, Hey, if you ever want to leave and you want to go in house, uh-huh. we're happy to help you do that. Now, we've placed a lot of people around town, which is absolutely true. Right. Um, but when I did it, it was almost immediately, you know, you have a three-month timeline. And so I told the other associates in my group, uh, if you're thinking of leaving, don't tell anybody. Yeah, good uh, advice. <laughs> because that will just not be good because this is the result. Yeah. Um, and in 15 months a practice group of 12 people has had five associates leave. Ooh. So I was number two okay. in that line. Uh, but there's been three who have left after me. And uh, and I don't think any of them told yeah. <laughs> before the fact. So, um, you know, that's – yeah, I, I would just uh, not have told my employer and trusted that they would – do what they said they would. Yeah. My, my Uh, dad has always been, he's a sucker. Like he totally has kept the same employees forever, but, um, he has always been really good about when I think about that, like, especially my first couple jobs, I would feel really guilty. Like, Oh gosh, I'm taking this other interview. Should I tell them? And he'd be like, no, they would fire you tomorrow. If it made sense that they were bottom line, (laughs) you don't say anything. They would do it to you. So um, he's kept me from doing that a number of times. (laughs) You found out how much a law firm is a is a business, and and I get it. Like I don't, I don't really fault them. It's a business decision, and um, you know, who knows what I would have done in the same situation. But um, yeah, I think for a whole host of reasons, it's it's much better to have that next job lined up before you end your current one. Uh, (laughs) You know, and I'd probably still be there today and probably still looking for in-house jobs if, if I was, but even that being said, uh, I'm glad I haven't been there the last six months because even with all the, the difficulties and uncertainties of going out on your own, uh, there have been, just so many opportunities and the free time and flexibility you get doing it. Um, it's hard to, you know, it's hard to say, well, you know, I've had so much extra time with my kids now, like I'd want to give that up to go back to a law firm. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> like okay. No one would say that. So, uh, so there have been a lot of good points where it, it's probably better than having stayed in the firm. That's interesting. It's been really 
it's really nice of you to talk to us when you're kind of in the thick of it <laughs> at six months <laughs> out. Um, I think, you know, it's it's kind of like fight or flight for a while. And then, you know, people go one of two directions um, you know, back into the fold or, or they like feel better about their decision. But like, it's really nice to, to get kind of insight as to your, where you are in the process and you've got a website. So, <laughs> um, is there, it's official. Now. It's official. <laughs> is there anything you wish that somebody had told you, um, when you were thinking about the going out on your own part of the stuff? Um, you know, I think right when I knew I was going out, yeah. Um, that's when I emailed you and said, Hey, you should do an episode on like the 10 things you have to do, oh. <laughs> you know, <laughs> when you, when you, you know, start on day one, yeah. because that's how it was. I, I finished at the firm October 1st and I opened my own thing October 2nd and, um, and we didn't really have a lot of time to, save money for, you know, cash flow issues up front. I didn't investigate office space at all. I didn't, you know, do any, a lot of the groundwork things you would do, uh, because I was working, you know, right up to the end uh, and billing for the firm. So um, I, I would just say if you think, that you want to go out on your own either because you want to or because you think you're going to have to um, start that planning process as early as possible. And it's not like you need a formal business plan or anything, but uh, you want to know, you know, just basic things about uh, getting your business incorporated, getting an accounting system up and running, sort of having some idea where your initial clients are coming from so that you can have some, if not immediate cash flow, you know, something at least after that first month um, to, to get you going. And I got lucky that even though everything came together very quickly, uh, I was in the middle of briefing summary judgment motions, which are fairly time consuming for the non-lawyers listening Yeah, and um, had a client come with me from the firm and we were in the middle of that and they agreed to uh, have me bill them October 15th and at the end of the, the month. Oh, that's nice. So we could get some initial cash flow going. So that was, you know, again, it's just clients working with you and wanting to see you succeed and, uh, Somehow it all it all comes together and works. That's amazing. Oh, thank you so much for talking to us. Where can our listeners find your new website? <laughs> well, in about a week, it will be um, <laughs> Martin Law and Mediation, all one word. Uh, dot com. Aaron, this has been so helpful. Thanks for taking the time. It's good talking to you. You too, Sarah. Talk to you soon. Okay. Thanks. You can find show notes from this episode at unfederated.studio. And if this podcast has helped you in your journey, 
Say thanks by rating and reviewing the show in Apple Podcasts.